show up. Because uh, it's give away a lot of money for 20th. Here, comes the money. <laughs> Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, Oh, I'm a little bit jittery. It's the first time coming on with <laughs> a good mood. All right, ready to roll? Bonjour, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to episode five of the Plugged In podcast. I have an ultimate smile on my face today, but joined once again by Ben from the Quack Squad. Ben, how are you doing? I'm good, Mark. I never knew you spoke French. That was uh, That was such a pleasant surprise to hear you. Um, I've got a little bit of a bone to pick, not with you, um, not with Scott, because I know he's busy on Tuesday evenings, but with Shani, who was the driving force behind getting this podcast, this segment, this kind of thing up and running. And the shagger has been, he now seems to organize his golf lessons on a Tuesday evening. So Shani, if you're listening to this in the morning, I don't know, we're going to have to work something out. The thing about Shani is he will happily sit back in the group chat and throw some shade and give out to you for all your picks and then you come back on next week start messaging again like ben what the what are we doing yeah, picking him yeah. but uh hey listen shani needs to get to that 180 mile per hour ball speed so he'll never get there with his little arms <laughs> i enjoyed this podcast last week with um uh colleen castle for golf yeah very yeah, good. good i'll throw a good shout out to that now i thought it was a uh, very interesting um derek murray very yeah. interesting character. Would love to hear a little bit more about the old head as well. Yeah, well, Shani, the, the plan is Shani's going to open, get fitted for a driver, I think, and then maybe have a little chat through the process of that and then get him back on to talk about the old head because he's a member down there. Does Shani know what his ball speed is? Does he know them sort of statistics? Has he been anywhere? Yeah, I think so. Um, he Well, I think, yeah, I think he does. He tells me a lot anyway. I've never really listened. Yeah, I tune out. Most people start telling me those things up, but yeah. I would love to do like an over under twenty billion some week. Can Shani get over one hundred and sixty five mile ball mile per hour? But that's not why we're here this week. This week we are here to talk about Billies that are won and won and lost. So last week we had the rack, we had the farmers insurance, and we had the LPGA Tour Drive On Championship. Ben, any particular tournament that you want to start with? Um, I'll just start with uh, the Raz Al Khaimah. That's the only thing I decided. Oh, actually, no, I put some money on Win Lee. Obviously, didn't win. Um, I w- I'm kind of going heavy on the DP World to start with, and uh, just struggling a bit. Haven't as as we speak. I went to look at last week's notes, and obviously, I backed Lombard. It was my it was a throw up between Lombard and Allison, so I could have backed Allison. I also had Brandon Stone and Jesper Svensson, and I backed Jesper Svensson if I'd. Backed Brandon Stone at 125 to one each way would have made a bit of money, but ifs and buts and all that. Yeah, Brandon Stone is definitely a man I'm going to be looking into later. But hey, listen, I I tweeted this out the other day, like and I know we kind of harped on a bit last week that the last four winners on just the PGA Tour alone: Grayson Murray, Chris Kirk, um, the amateur Dunlap, and now we had uh, Avon, and then we have the three winners on DP World Tour. Not one winner if we had so far this season between 25 to 1 and 100 to 1, which is just crazy. They've all been mega outsiders or one of the favorites to win. Yeah. It's just it's, been, it's, it's been a tough surely, few weeks to start this pod. It's it's surely going to be a couple of 25 to 1 winners this week then. That's where we need to focus our, our work. 
yeah, or top 20 doubles and accumulators and stuff like that, because that one that works every once in a while. But like you mentioned, Torborn Torbjorn Olison from Denmark wins the big rack. Um, uh, listen, I didn't pay much attention. You won by six shots in the end, I think he'd have three or four shot lead entering Sunday. Not much for you to say. Um, I think going through my bets, I had a few big takeaways my, just in this tournament alone. Olsen and Wiesberger finished top 20. Wiesberger finished like T45 or something. Just couldn't really get it going. But McKibben and Alex Fitzpatrick, 15 billies top 20 at 8.7 to 1. That hit, hit. Two boys had a mega, mega Sunday. Just, God, I was so, so nervous. I did not sleep a wink on Saturday night. <laughs> Woke up at half six Sunday morning. Got the coffee. It was like, let's turn this on. Found out Sky Sports wasn't on until half eight so I was just tuning into data golf all morning tuning hole by hole but hey we finally did it the bookies are broke Paddy Perro's share price has gone through the floor thanks to everybody who cashed that one out um, <laughs> unfortunately that winning trend did not continue over the entire weekend Ben the PGA Tour Pavon did you see much of this love that Um, I didn't see much of it I saw what I did see <clears throat> excuse me I saw on Twitter I did see a rather suspect uh, video of uh, Matthew Pavon stepping down behind the back of the ball in the very thick rough that he managed to get a lot of spin out of on the 18th hole, which, look, I like Matthew Pavon. I'm not going to go any further, but look, looked fairly suspect. It reminds me a little bit of like a certain Thierry Henry, like that sort of character. We'll just abide by the rules, flirt with them a little bit. Um, reminds me of like Nike logo, logo back in, or slogan back in the day, break the rules, fight the law. And it feels like that's what Matthew Pavon, Pavon. Oh, God, we've, all, we've, all, we've all done it. Like just improve the lie slightly, just give yourself more of a chance. But yeah, not when, if it was <laughs> Patrick Reed, 10 cameras. Yeah, if, there, if it was Patrick Reed, there'd be a lot more being said about it than, than there was for Pavon. But fair play to him. I don't, I can't remember what number he used to be, but two years ago he was outside the top 250 and now he's, 34 in the world or something. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely fabulous. But Ben, I don't have much to say in the DP World Tour. I don't have much to say in the PGA Tour. But what I do have a bit to say about is the LPGA Tour Drive-On Championship. Probably the most exciting finish over the weekend. Listen, a lot of people will be tuned out. I know there was um, NFL on. It was 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. People probably had a Chinese, went to bed, hung over. I did manage to catch a little bit of the LPGA Tour where Nelly Korda, finally picked up her ninth win on the LPGA Tour, her first win since 2022. And uh, like this finish was just spectacular. Lydia Cole, Eagle 17 to get a three-shot lead. Nelly Corda is five over through her 16 holes on Sunday after holding a four-shot lead after 54 holes. She Eagle 17, birdies 18, and wins in a playoff. This was just spectacular view and, and by far the best finish we've had so far. Mark, I, I don't even need to watch golf. I just come on here on a Tuesday evening and you give me all the key information that I need to take away. But no, I did see I did see quite a bit of that and it was an incredible finish from Nelly and then to win it in the playoff. Uh, very cool. Yeah, I, I see. I just can't deliver on the dramatics. I'm working on this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to elevate it so that people understand how exciting this, this could have been. But if you have a chance, go back, watch the YouTube highlights. Okay, so Justin Ray tweeted this out. Mo 
Justin Ray tweeted this out. Most LPGA Tour wins since the beginning of 2018. Jin Young Ko has 14. Nelly Korda now has nine. And Brooke Henderson has eight. Starting to see Nelly step it up a bit. And this is what we want to see. We want to see Nelly. I saw him copy here. We want to see her bring things into perspective. Become the killer that she was known that she formerly was. That finish on Sunday just gave me goosebumps down the spine. Down the spine. Are, <laughs> we, in, are, are we in another Solheim Cup year? Yeah. I thought it because, was last year. Yeah, COVID broke it up. So yeah. um, they have to, they basically happened last year. Now this year it's going again. I can't remember where it's going to. Somewhere in America anyway. What's what's going on with Nelly's sister these days? Jessica had an injury. Um, okay. She had to get a big operation. So she's been doing a bit of camera work for I don't know CBS or Golf yeah. Channel one of those but a little bit of underground stuff I haven't seen her that much but apparently she's absolutely excellent at it I'm not sure if she's doing it this weekend but that's all it's, I know is Nelly the better Corda? I think the brother is the better Corda. Ten, tennis player yeah yeah, he's, I know. He's, he's not better than, he's not better than Nelly he's only like a young kid as well though isn't he uh, I think he's I think he's, he's probably in his late teens early 20s but yeah he's a good tennis player Talented, no, I, I, yeah, I think I think Nelly's number one, Rodar possibly number two, and then we can't give like Jessica has to be number three just because she doesn't play as much anymore. But hey, we're all hoping for a big return yeah. from her. Um, Sebastian Corda, that's who I'm thinking yeah. of. He's good. You, have you ever watched him play? Yeah, I saw him play in Wimbledon once. Is he good? Yeah, he's very good. I think did he win? Yeah, he did. He had. A, he went on a run about two Wimbledon's ago. He kind of made it through the first few couple of rounds because I remember them talking about the family, and then the dad used to be a tennis player, and the mom or the dad used to be an ice hockey player. It's a. It's a like uber talented family anyway. Uh, so is Petr Korda the father? Yeah, yeah. He was a Czech former professional tennis player. Won a 1998 Australian Open. But hold on a second. Sebastian Corder is a bloody tank. He's six foot five, one meters ninety six. He's almost yeah. two meters. No wonder he's good at tennis. Serve and volley, you know. He doesn't even have to move. God, what a golf podcast this is. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's what happened with the Corder family. Nelly is back. We can declare it. We are no longer worried about her state of affairs. Okay, segment two of this show. It's the covering it bulletin. The pink thing that people most look forward to top three headlines of the week then i'll start off this off number one we're getting a new golf course correct low links i know this is pga tour focus dp world tour but 20 million euro being invested in this golf course in the southeast of ireland is this owned by the owners of druids glen um i think so or they're certainly part of the the backing of it um i don't know was there a golf course there before or i think there might have might have been and they're revamping it, but yeah, they're putting a lot of money into it, and it's by the same people who are who have revamped revamped Druids Glen. So there's a big announcement over at the PGA show and all that sort of stuff. So it looks cool. Yeah, I've never heard of, never heard of Curric Low Links. I am I think I, I have a feeling it was called Black something Black Haven or I'm not sure. It must have been good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we've heard of it. Um. Okay, so that's headline number one. <laughs> we're not, we're going to skip pretty quick on because we don't have too many details about that. And I've just realized I'm using the same back covers last week. But anyways, um, okay, point number two, the big 
dirty gossip that everybody's looking for. Rick Gaiman was on the grounds of the Farmers Insurance last week. He reported that Joel Damon had his own sponsored drink at the Farmers Insurance Open. It was known as the Bushmills Joel Damon Juicy Lie Drink. And my question to you, Ben, is if you had to pick one player off the PGA Tour, who would you like to go for a drink with? Oof. Oh, hard to look past. Uh, no point again. This with Shane Lowry. Yeah. Imagine Shane and his dad there. Maybe we'll get them on the pod someday. 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 Maybe we'll have to back them to win something and then have to get them on for commentary afterwards. Joe, who'd be fun? And I think it would be liable to say anything. This was inspired by a Twitter thread over the weekend. Like, Ben Ann. Do you see his Twitter thread yeah, where he's doing he's Q&A? He's a great Twitter follow. Great Wouldn't, Twitter follow. Would never have expected it, but yeah, great. He took a lot of heat over the weekend. He said that St. Andrews is one of the most overrated yeah. courses in the world, which I kind of love a spicy take. I don't agree with it, but I love the spiciness uh, of it. I think most professional golfers who play it would say that as well. Like it's, It is extremely overrated apart from the history of it. Yeah, but I think it's more so the fact that they can bomb. I think for the average go- amateur golfer all day, yeah. Like, um, yeah, we're not able to drive five of the greens like they are. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, the, okay, actually, it's the second biggest one. Anthony Kim has reportedly been returning to the PGA Tour or live. I'm not sure if we've got any further details on this yet. No, and uh, from what I've seen, there was a few apparently news swing videos circulating on Twitter, and then it was confirmed that they were, in fact, not news swing videos. So I would say that has just come out of nowhere, and it's there's absolutely nothing to it. Maybe we should start reports, reporting false headlines, like taking videos of somebody from like 10 years ago. And yeah. I just think why, okay, I could see the reason why he might go back to live. They can cover the insurance payout that he's not playing golf to gain. Why would he go back to the PGA Tour? Like, unless they're going to guarantee him that. I just... I don't even know how he gets back to PGA Tour, but I think there, there is some sort of merit to it because Dylan Dedier from golf.com was the first person to report this. Dylan's like one of the most renowned journalists yeah. in golf. So, um, But I can see him go back to live. Like, I think my point here is I'm a little bit out on the whole Anthony Kim thing. Like, This was before I started getting into golf. I didn't see much about him. I don't know much. I know he's the most birdies tied at Augusta. I'm, I'm just like, it, do, it doesn't really excite me that much yeah i i do remember watching him and he was a bit of a, an enigma but if you look back at his like he, he, he wasn't that good of a golfer he wasn't that it, it's the fact that he disappeared and no one's heard from him in the last 10 15 years that's what i think the the allure is around as soon as he comes back and he plays and he's not as good as he was then suddenly people get bored of him and move on yeah but speaking of moving on, one person who two people who are moving on, it's Tyrrell Hatton and Adrian Moronga reportedly gone to live. Jen Ben. Why am I calling you Jen? Anyways, Ben. <laughs> what the hell does this mean for you? Are you gonna watch Live? Are you gonna not watch Live? I'm heartbroken. Um, I'm still not gonna watch Live. I would I would I would watch Live if Anthony Kim was playing just to see how he played. I don't really care if Tyrrell Hatton's there, I don't care if Moronk's there. I like both of them. I think Tyrrell will create some good content alongside Ram. I just, that's about it. Like, I just don't, I really don't care about Liv. Yeah, when I when I first joined your pod back in July for the Open Championship, I mentioned that Tyrrell Hatton would be in my stable. 
I've been shedding a few tears since um, mm. since that news got announced. I just feel like Liv has now taken all of the characters like Brooks Koepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, what not even Joaquin Neiman, um, Ian Polder, Lee Westwood, and now Tyrrell Hatton. Those big characters that people love to root against or root for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs. But anyways, this week we are moving on and we have three events. AT&T, Pebble Beach, Pro-Am, the uh, Bahrain Championship and Liv Mayakoba. Ben, I'll give the floor to you once again. Which event do you want to start with here? This is a bit of a running theme, but I'm starting to think that maybe I just take the European side and you take the US side. But I've I've got four bets on the three bets on the European side, and I've got one bet on Liv. Just I couldn't help myself. Um, I'm going to start with the Liv bet, which seems really straightforward. I've gone Adrian Bronk at twenty to one. He's the only guy apart from Tyrrell Hatton who's been playing a bit of regular golf. He competed contended last time in the desert against Rory like surely his game is going to be up to scratch I think 20 to 1 is is too big of odds to 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 not put a bit of some a few billies on so I've got 20 billies on Moronk at 20 to 1 and in live I love that I love it I just I I for the first time I feel like I've put in a little bit of thought and I can actually like, you know, I, I I genuinely think that has a really good chance. It's like K-I-S-S. Keep, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, like Adrian Moran, yeah. the only man here playing consistent golf. Wow, that is good. I don't Because you, you were mentioning before this all started, like, oh, I think we're going to have the same player. And yeah, geez, I didn't even think about that. Well, I'll give you my bet for this week. Just a little bit of background. The course is El Chameleon Golf Club. They used to host, I think it was Mayakoba. Prize money of $20 million, $4 million going to the winner and 7,100 yards. My pick for this week, the course winners who are taking part, Ray McDowell won the 2015 OHL Classic. Pat Perez won the 2016 OHL Classic. Charles, Charles Howell III has won here before. Single man, Pat Perez, five billies each way at 150 to one for five places. Listen, like I mentioned, single man doesn't have to worry about it anymore. All money going straight into his bank account. He was the winner of the 2016 OHL Classic. He's won $8 million so far in on-course earnings with Liv last year. Listen, he mentioned mentioned last year, I'm paid. I don't give a damn. I feel like he's coming out with that attitude for this entire season. The single, Pat Perez, give me all of it. (laughs) I just... Fair enough. Let's see where he comes. When I was looking through the live betting list, like there's so much dead wood in there. Like there's literally, okay, there's only, f- what is it? 52 players now? 54? 54, yeah. 54. You basically only have to beat 20 of them because the bottom, like the bottom three quarters of that list are not going to contend to win golf tournaments. Yeah. And like, the other thing is like so many of these winners on live, they're not, they're not regular winners, if you get what yeah. I mean. Like, there's so many times like, I think Charles Hill won and yeah. Taylor Gucci was playing decent. He won twice in a row, like 151, a single man. Give me that. Okay, let's go on to uh, PGA Tour. We'll go to Pebble Beach Pro-Am and then we finish with the DP World Tour. Okay, Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It's a Thursday and Friday bet- is a swap between Pebble Beach and Spyglass Hill. It's a first signature event with no cut apart from Century Tournament Champions. It's a pro-am, so you have the likes of Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Larry Fitzgerald, and Pau Gasol. 
I have no idea who he is, but he was in the list. Uh, who are the amateurs playing in this? Ben, quick question. Do you know like how these amateurs get into this event? Is it just like a sponsor's invite or? It's all it down to money. Uh, I guess majority of it is done through sponsors and then yeah most a lot of it is if you can pay enough you can play we'll start working on that with all our abilities we'll be able to build that currency someday these at Pebble Beach are the smallest greens on tour so we're looking for players that are good around the green you don't have any PGA Tour bets this week do you? no no that would have been far too much research for me well then let me take it away People are sick of hearing my voice, but you want to listen for another two minutes. Matt Fitzpatrick, 10 billies each, five billies, no, 10 billies at 28 to one. Tough conditions expected this week out at Pebble Beach. It's similar to Link's condition in terms of the amount of breeze that we're going to expect. He finished top 15 at the 2019 US Open at Pebble Beach and at the AT&T Pro-Am in that year. He was 14th at the Dubai Hero. He's a great short game. This is my last chance I'm giving the Matt Fitz. I kind of need him to start winning a little bit more. If he doesn't do it this week, do not expect to see him on my betting card again anytime soon. <sighs> okay, that's number one. Number two, Patrick Cantley, 10 billies at 18 to 1. He has seven appearances at Pebble Beach where he has recorded five top 25s. Just seems to love the beautiful views and the beautiful greens out of Pebble Beach. And those those five top 25s include a third third and a fourth in his past two appearances and he mentioned before that he loves the Poana greens at this course so they are my two outright bets for this week on the PGA Tour okay and then let me just finish this off we're going back to the well again this week it's a top 20 double with the Yu Wu combination Kevin Yu at 20 billies at 14 to 1 Kevin Yu, 25 years of old, finished third at the AMAX and sixth at the Farmers Insurance Open. He was seventh here in 2023. And listen, it's another coastal event that he's performed. He's performed well in some of these coastal events in the past, the Sanderson Farms and the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. That's number one. And number two is Brandon Wu to finish off the Wu-Yu combination. He was 18th at the Sony. He's the 14th best player in this field and he's the green over the last 20 rounds. And he finished second here last week. That's 20 billies at 14 to 1 to round off my bets for the PGA Tour. Does that make sense? Would, would you often call it an Amex card? Not an Amex card. <laughs> it's my... Playing Call of Duty Warzone day, using the Amax. God, it just comes back to bite me in the ass sometimes. But yeah. Whew. Okay, I'm out of breath. Does that all make sense? Matt Fitzpatrick, Patrick Cantley, and then the double of the UU. I love that. It all made sense to me. That all makes sense until we lose them all on uh, Sunday. Will okay. I fire ahead with my uh, selections for Bahrain? I will give you, give me five seconds just to give you a little bit of background in the course. This is the Montgomery course over at the Royal Golf Club in the Kingdom of Bahrain. Par 72, 7,260 yards. Listen, I saw a great quote. I can't remember who mentioned this, but top five here in top in 2011 when this event was last played, all ranked top 20 in driving distance. Ian Poulter in 2011, apparently the greens were a disgrace. And Ian Poulter came out with this statement afterwards. He said, played great today, 35 posts, missed one green. Simply the worst greens I've ever seen. And I'm not joking. They are embarrassing. 
Apparently, the architect wanted to make a statement with the Greens. He did that all right. They are shit. <laughs> oh, I love a bit oh, of being pulled there. You'd, you'd miss him, wouldn't you? I'd miss him a little bit. Ben, fire away with your bets for this week. <clears throat> I, I feel like I introduced Joshua Grenville Wood to a lot of people a couple of podcasts ago. I tipped him in the Dubai Desert Classic. He missed the cut. Yeah, classically comes out the next event, plays very well, shoots four rounds in the 60s, finishes in the top 10 maybe. His odds have been slashed from 300 to 1 that I got him in Dubai. He's down to 125 to 1, but he's playing good form. He hits the ball a mile. He's got incredible speed. So at 125 to 1, I've got Josh Grenville Wood. That's 10 each way. Um, following on from what I said about flipping between Jesper Svensson and Brandon Stone last week, um, this week I'm going to go with Brandon Stone. Unfortunately, I won't get him at 125 to one. He's been slashed down to 60 to one, but I've got 10 billies each way on him. And then, just based on form, he's playing really good golf. Uh, Sebastian Soderberg, who you'll get at 20 to one, and I've got 20 billies each way on him. So I'm I'm expecting a big week from Seb Soderberg. It's a bit of a weaker field. A lot of the big guys seem to ditch Bahrain and go home from there. Um, so I think he's got a good chance. Love it. I love all of it. God, I can't wait to hit some winners this week. I'm going to hit some. I've decided this week I'm going to hit some winners as well. And I'm going, I went back to the well earlier in the PGA Tour and now I'm going back to it for a second time this evening. I'm going for a Shinkwin and Stone top 20 double, 20 billies at 12.5 to 1. Callum Shinkwin with a fourth and an 11th in his last two starts. And Brandon Stone, like you mentioned, he's 60 to 1. He's you played with him at the Irish Challenge Tour event down in Headford Golf Club. He's a big quack man, big quack fan. He has six top tens in the Challenge Tour and finished T4 last week and has some good history on the links. So that's why I'm going for the Shinkwin Stone double. Got it. We can call that, that the Stone. The Stone double. St- stone by. Um, stone by double. How how long do we keep chasing our losses until until like one winner isn't going to get us out of it, you know? That's what I'm starting to worry about. Ben, I'm just focused on beating you. Because I watched, I saw you put in your win and I saw that you were still in the red and I was like, oh God, this is this is getting difficult. It's getting serious. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried about that. But hey, I have one more bet. Last week, uh, I have one more bet to save the bacon. And I kind of like this one. I'm going for the Fitzy Brothers top double top five, 10 billies. At 55 to 1. Like I mentioned, this is the last chance to for Matt. Alex Fitzpatrick has been playing well over the last few weeks. Matt needs to get his act together this week. Both of them to finish top five. These two boys, they remind me of like, what's the opposite of the Hardy brothers in WWE? Matt and Jeff Hardy, where they used to come out. That's like what these boys are. Much more timid version. I can't, I can't say I ever watched WWE as a kid. What? Oh, so you don't no. get any of the tweets that I put out with like, oh God. Okay, maybe I'll have to tailor some of my content towards you then. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Finishing it off. Nice. Okay. I'm feeling good about this week. I feel like my research was all of 15 minutes, but I think I got all the good points in and I think Moronk is going to romp home and live Mayakoba. At least one has of us he, is feeling good because I can not feel any worse. Has he even been announced as a player yet? No. 
<laughs> what if he's not in the field? <laughs> and it starts on Friday, and we're here placing billies on boys that aren't even in the event yet. <laughs> he was he was on the he was on the Paddy Power list, so I blame them. <laughs> Paddy Power know a lot more than the little boys do anyway. <laughs> oh, All right, Mark. Excellent. All right, cheers, Ben. Catch you soon. I will see you again here next Tuesday with our winners. I am looking forward. We'll come back next week with a big smile. Chat sure again next week, all right? Because uh, there's giveaway a lot of money for 20th. Here comes the money. <laughs> Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money.